0: We're back after being off last week as Mr. Brown returns from the ATL. But March Madness is finally coming on. We'll break all that down and then get to Ben Roethlisberger versus Aaron Rodgers. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. been a hellacious two weeks. I am going through withdrawal. We did not have Mr. Brown here last week. Mr. Brown, where were you? The ATL baby. He was in the ATL supporting his Braves, but a lot has happened and we all got to sit back and watch March Madness. We got to see the, the who's or the UVA Cavaliers come up with their first NCAA championship. But anyway, let's start there. March Madness has come and gone. It's said and done. We'll get to Mr. Brown. We know he was in Atlanta in the ATL. He got to go to Braves opening day. Their opening day, right? Yeah, the home opener. Their home opener after they they didn't have a great outing against the Phillies, right? Only team of baseball to get swept the first series. They were. But, you know, I can't say anything because I'm a Reds fan and their season hasn't started out so good. So don't feel bad. But March Madness has come and gone. And you know, we, we had this thing going on where we had everybody out there on our Facebook page. We all had different, you know, picks on our, on our brackets and things like that. I will say that, that biggie congratulations. You had the best bracket out of the three of us. You came in with a staggering 970 points. How do you feel, sir?
1: Like not good because (laughs) I had 970 points. Uh, with two games to play on Sunday, the Elite Eight.
0: Yeah, in the Elite Eight, you pretty much tapped out, and then all your picks fell apart, and you were just stuck, right?
1: Yes, it was a uh, crawl to the finish, literally.
0: I was for sure I was going to beat Mr. Brown. I came in last with 770 because my hope and and faith was all in the Michigan State Spartans, and they did not make it to the title game like I would have hoped. If they would have, I would have won the whole thing, but instead Mr. Brown comes in with 880 points.
2: Who did you pick to win it all? Duke like everybody else. Duke like everybody else. I was going to say how many points did I score because that shows you how closely I followed it, and I still beat you. So how does that make you feel?
0: You know what? I I was within an earshot of winning the whole damn thing. so I'm not that upset about it, but you know what? I I find that Michigan State just didn't have it in them. They, They just let me down, and I hate Tom Izzo.
2: I will plainly say I don't know college basketball. And I had Virginia in the finals, so I can't say that uh, my bracket was a little bit better than yours. Well,
0: that's why you were able to pass me, because you hang on to that little bit of hope of uh, UVA. But, you know, the, the thing that matters is that neither of us won our, our public auction of, of March Madness. We had ESPN 241068141. They ended up winning the whole thing. But yeah, that person has remained nameless on our social media platform. So we're asking right now, ESPN 24108641 8765309, you need to come forward and claim your prize because you won the We Don't Know Sports Bracket Challenge. But Biggie, you won between the three of us. So congratulations, sir.
1: Thank you. Feels good. Not as good as it should, but it feels good. I almost backed it into winning the whole thing. If Virginia hadn't had three straight, kind of somewhat miracle wins, the lead a game, they should have lost, the double dribble, and then uh the Texas Tech game, I could be the overall champion. We wouldn't be looking for ESPN two, four, eight, seven, four, or whatever.
0: <laughs> I mean, you were smart enough to pick Texas Tech to at least go to the final four. Why? I mean, that was impressive. Why didn't you have faith in them beyond that?
1: Uh, cause I had him running into Duke. And when you play Duke in the final four, you, they win coach K make sure of it. Nike pays people to make sure that happens.
0: So you had Duke winning in your bracket as well. Is that correct?
1: Yes, sir. I did. All the right. Fighting. So
0: for the record, I will just say, even though I finished third, we, none of us picked the correct title champion here. We all picked someone that lost, but at least my team made it to the final four. Now, Biggie, your bracket is is quite interesting because I believe you had at least the Sweet 16 correct or at least most of the Elite Eight.
1: I had all 16 of the Sweet 16 teams.
0: That's impressive. I mean, yeah. hats off.
1: If uh, a couple finishes would have went a little differently, Kentucky beats Auburn and Duke finishes off Michigan State, I'd had my Final Four right. That would have guaranteed uh, my overall victory.
0: Well, I mean, outside of how we did in our brackets and whatnot, uh, you know, we, we did get a chance to, to at least witness this national championship game between, you know, Virginia and Texas Tech. And I, I'll be one to say it was probably one of the best title games I've probably seen in a long, long time. I mean, you know, the fact that it went to overtime, Texas Tech multiple times in that game was down by 10 points and they kept climbing their way back, clawing their way back into the game and they were able to force overtime. Yeah, I know there were some questionable calls down the stretch that a lot of people were ripping on the officials, but I thought the officials for the most part really in that game and in the overall tournament did a fantastic job. I'm not really hating on the officials and, and honestly, that double dribble call you referenced earlier. I can't tell you the last time I've ever seen that even called in a game. So I'm even ignoring that. But the fact was we got Texas tech and UVA down to the wire overtime, miraculous game. I thought it was a fantastic title championship. What do you
1: think? I enjoyed it. It was a great game to watch. I was really rooting hard for Texas Tech in the Big 12. I like Chris Beard as a coach. I love the way they play defense up in your jersey, hand on your chest. Uh, One of the things that I really liked about watching them, it was depressing at the same time, is they remind me a ton of our good West Virginia teams here the last few years. They grind and grind and grind on defense, and they get to a point on offense where it's like, you shoot it. No, you shoot it. How about we just wait until two seconds left? I need to catch my breath. They go through periods like an overtime where they're up 73, 70, where they take three or four possessions in a row and they shoot a horrible shot. It reminds me of Javon Carter in West Virginia I'm, in the last couple. You, of-
0: you know, we're all Mountaineer fans, you know, so we're all you know slightly pulling for our big 12 brethren to come up with it. Now for me though, I was initially, and then I was sitting there thinking like, I don't want Texas tech or Virginia winning the national championship before WVU does, but that was not to be because one of them had to win it. But you know, even all that being said, you know, Virginia came in, I think number one ranked in defense. Texas Tech was ranked number three. You know, the over under in that game was 115. I'm sitting there thinking you take the under, like you got to take the under. And I was feeling pretty good about that until the damn game went into overtime and that pretty much screwed the pooch on that. But you know, for what it was, it was back and forth You know, you couldn't really put Texas Tech away. They kept coming back, and I think this was the third game in a row that Virginia was trailing in the final minute but still found a way to pull the game out.
1: Yep, three straight games down in the last 20 seconds, won all three of them. It's impressive mental toughness from a team that went from first-round exit, first time it had ever happened, to a one-seed. And the tight games they had to fight through down in the first round to Gardner-Webb, that's just an impressive
0: I mean, they were were down 18 to Gardner-Webb, right?
1: 14, I think 14 well,
0: double digits still so, big. I mean, Yeah. Is that not a 30 for 30? Like if you want to make that movie, like here's the team that lost to the UMBC team last year, the 16 seed, and then they come back the next year and win the national championship. I mean, this has got coach Carter written all over it.
1: <laughs> One of the coolest stories I heard is they interviewed Tony Bennett on Monday. The final four was in Minneapolis this year. So Minnesota landed 10,000 lakes preseason trip he took all his guys white white water rafting have to work together as a team one paddle row together that sort of thing when they get off the plane in minneapolis for the final four the first thing they're handed is paddles because it's land of ten thousand lakes and he just thought to himself if there was any way for this season to come full circle it's right here and then the two the two games the way they finished it was kind of a team of destiny for being a one seed
2: I mean, I'm gonna say this for me as a uh, casual b- college basketball fan, watching outside of the Big 12 and wa- outside of watching WVU, watching this tournament, especially the the finals. I'm gonna be honest, you know, I was, I knew it was gonna be a defensive struggle between two de- good defensive teams, you know, between Texas Tech and Virginia. I watched a lot of the first half, but I'm gonna be honest, I kept flipping to the Braves and Rockies game, and uh, <laughs> I was, I was trying to ride that brave streak. So I was more worried about that than the Priorities. national championship game. Because to me, you didn't really have that like big name, big cell player in there or the big school. It was more of like, you know, just Virginia, Texas Tech. Eh, it's not real marketable. I'm fine with new guys winning it, but I could see how for many college basketball fans, it wasn't very appealing. Well, I mean, you know, the NCAA wasn't happy whenever they weren't getting
0: their Duke, North Carolina matchup that they so desperately wanted. That way, we could have got Tyler Hansborough, you know, in the stands and Shane Battier in the stands. Right. And that would have been, that would have made all the world a difference. I'm just right?
2: seeing how it could be like uh, lackluster for many casual college basketball fans, is all I'm saying. I'm, I'm grateful someone knew one, but I could see how it wouldn't be great for a lot of people. Well, I mean, let's be honest with ourselves though. The most people watching
0: those games that really have a rooting interest. Aren't really rooting for their teams, or rooting for whoever they have the money on.
2: Oh, yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, it's the biggest gambling week. And then Chris or Long. Month. And Chris Long. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. But it's all about it's all about that. It, it, you know, there's more money gambled during March Madison oh, than any time Holmes. during the year. Mahomes is there. We're with Dick Vitale. Didn't they show Kirk Cousins in the fan uh, in the stands for a second though? Kirk, State. he was there, right?
1: Yeah, he was.
0: But he's no, he's no Patrick Mahomes, right? I saw Mahomes. Hey, Mahomes. And I saw uh, Long. That was the biggest names for those uh, schools. That's all you got going. I mean, you know, UVA doesn't really have a lot of uh, NBA prospects out there. Correct. Nor does Texas Tech. But
2: I, it, I wanted Texas Tech to win because, I, correct me if I'm wrong, you all would know this before me, but uh, wouldn't they have been the first team to win the national championship, that won the first round or, or lost the first round of their conference championship and WVU beat them? They might have been. I mean, but either way,
0: I thought it was still an amazing story for Virginia to lose to a 16 seed and then right. come back. But that was two different years. Either way, the oh. tournament, the tournament's come and gone. It, it was fun. It was the same as always. Nobody can ever get their damn bracket right after usually the first week everybody throws it into the trash. Biggie, congratulations. You didn't have to throw yours into the trash. You had the final 16 correct. You screwed it up after that. So yeah, uh, I guess I can't be too happy with you because you had a you had a chance to win us a million dollars or have Warren Buffett come and fly us all out to the you know Maldives or something like that, but you screwed that up pretty royally. So do a better job next year. That's all I can say. And we've got to get ESPN to come forward. Yes, ESPN eight six seven five three zero nine. <laughs> you know 241068141 one. you won the We Don't Know Sports Bracket Challenge and you have been a ghost you are a phantom you are oblivious to your actual success that you beat these true gritty competitors at this wonderful wonderful challenge when will you finally show yourself <laughs> One of the most exciting things about spring is baseball season is back in swing. And Mr. Brown, you had happened to have a
2: pretty exciting week last week. Tell us a little bit about it. Where were you at? Oh, we went down to Atlanta. Uh, took in the home opener, and then they had an off day, and then we uh, watched the second game with the Chicago Cubs. They won both games. They won, both I heard the aquarium in Atlanta is nice. Uh, it wasn't bad. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's good to spend your off day, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got to do something in between,
2: but exactly. The, but the Braves walked away doing pretty good. But how was the experience at SunTrust Park? It, it was outstanding. This is the second time I've been there. The first time we brought the kids. Uh, the first game they won the home opener. They won eight to nothing. Kind of like no suspense. They just beat their brains in, which is great. They secured the win and the trip. It's a seven and a half fire trip for us, so at least we knew we had one victory out of the way. We didn't drive to see two losses. <laughs> it's so good. That was a plus. It's good to get that in the first uh, game. So there was, there was no there was no suspense there. But the uh, Braves beat them pretty bad. And then the second game, this was it was the fun game because. The Braves were throwing um, Julio Tehran. They were down four to two, bottom of the eighth inning, and you could hear the Cubs fans because you know Cubs fans travel well. They travel very well. You could hear echoing through their SunTrust Park. Let's go Cubs! Let's go Cubs! And everybody, I was furious. Like I don't. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. And Atlanta fans, you take it however you want, okay? Because. I don't know if I hate Cubs fans because they're Cubs fans or if I hate them because they're so passionate and most fans aren't as passionate as them. It's a little bit of both. I think we strive to be what I mean, we strive to be what they are, but we never get there to that level. But they're there, they 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 show up in your stadium, the pregame. They're they they're drinking your beer, they're eating your <laughs> food, they're so arrogant, wearing their jerseys, and they're just walking around like we're so good. And I'm sitting there thinking, have you watched the games? You can't pitch a lick. And you're worried about, like, what you're going to do against the Braves? And, like, they were so arrogant. So then what happened was we scored four in the bottom of the eighth. And we were up 6-4. to We ended up winning the second game. We swept the Cubs. Let's make it clear. And they went back to Chicago with their head tucked between their legs, and everybody went flipping nuts doing the chop. And everybody's like, See you later with the Swarba jerseys. And it, it was out of control. <laughs> like, there is no more outrageous fans in, in baseball than Cubs fans. I, I'm going to say this real quick. I like the Cubs fans better, and the Cubs in general, when they're the lovable losers. And now <laughs> that they won the one World Series, they're completely out of control. They're not realistic. They're living in a fantasy land because of one freaking world championship. I liked them better when they sucked. And Harry Carey was at the reins calling the games. <laughs> that's all I got. Oh, So the Cubs have got
0: an inflated ego. I understand. I hate that. it. Well, you know, you know we're, we're in full swing of baseball season now. Now, you know, that that's a different experience because, you know, you get opening day, the crowds are a little bit better, and, and the fans are coming out in full effect. As much baseball as I've, as I've watched the past week or so, I know this has happened for the past year or two, though. But, man, people are getting really upset about the woos out there. Have you noticed this at all? I've only heard this in Cincinnati. It's all over. It's not just Cincinnati. But in these games where you're only getting like 10,000, 15,000 fans that show up, Every pitch is
2: woo. So as, you just woo randomly? Just, is there a reason why you woo? Because Ric Flair is a nature boy. <laughs> I got woo! that. Do you like chest slap somebody before you do it? Or? Well, they do that
0: in the stands apparently. I don't know. I
2: mean, but like, is it like a, is it like O2 count and then they strike him out? Then they woo him? Well, or what?
0: I can say this. At the Reds games, at least when it's a strike, you're getting the woos. But you know, I'll see from the Brewers games and the Cardinals games or whoever, Elsa might be paying attention to the woos are happening kind of whenever, wherever they feel like dropping them in. There's no rhyme or reason,
2: but you can't control nature, boy. I'll say this. I mean, it don't make a lot of sense to me, but I think if we need more like understanding of why it's happening, there's a good group out there to follow. It's called Ric Flair was there. And it (laughs) explains why he was there. Every event throughout history. It explains the shark bite, how he fought off a shark, and all other kinds of things, so he might be able to explain to us why at Red's games, vainly and other games across the country, why everyone can't quit wooing during on like just random times. Woo! Why is that? Why is that? Woo! Ric Flair was there. Base Mountain,
0: oldest ride, longest line. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It is. Just trust me. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, but, it, you know, we're, we're in the, the, the early parts of baseball season. It's been fantastic. What, what are your biggest surprises? I mean, we got to hear a little bit about your uh, Atlanta Braves experience. That's been great.
2: But what's kind of stood out to you here? Uh, I don't know. What are we, a week and a half in now? A week and a half in. Before we get to my biggest surprises, I have to do a shout-out because I did do an interview with my boy, Mr. Brady, from Nashville, Tennessee, very knowledgeable uh, young man. He did an awesome job, and uh, his I don't know if this is his girlfriend or what, but her name was actually Maddox. And she was a Cubs fan? Cubs fan, wearing a Cubs jersey. Her name was Maddox, so props to her daddy for naming her Maddox. The, the, <laughs> I told her, uh, while she was sitting there in the seat, I'm going to associate you with the brave side, Maddox. But that's fine. But anyway, she was very knowledgeable. She didn't want to be on the camera, but her... Uh, Friend there, Mr. Brady, did an outstanding job. He did a nice job on the podcast interviewing and uh, talking about the early Braves pitching woes. I mean, he tried to take it over. No, that's great. He did awesome. But anyway, so I want to give shout out to him. He did a nice job. Um, but if I'm going to talk about, other than the Braves, my two early uh, crazy things going on this early 162-game season, it would be the, there's no real surprises in the National League. I'm going to have to go with the uh, Seattle Mariners which Mr. Biggs there is going to talk about here a lot more in a minute. I'm going to go with the Seattle Mariners. They're the first team to 10 wins, and I'm going to go with the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, who Chad the Mark was very high on for a wild card pick. I'm loving it. They are currently the only team in the AL East (laughs) with a winning record. The AL East, Tampa Bay Rays, and that's the two teams with 10 wins. Biggest surprises, National League, not so much. That's all I got. What you got, Big? Uh, yeah, Big, you tell us about the Mariners.
1: 12-2, best start in franchise history. They've hit a home run in all 14 games. Trade away, everybody on offense that could swing the bat. They were supposed to be historically bad this year. A bunch of guys who were cast-offs for other teams. Jay Bruce, Cincinnati Red, seven home runs already this year. Double E Edwin Encarnacion strutting around twice in one inning, flapping that parrot arm. Twelve and two, <laughs> they're rolling.
2: Hey, for for the casual baseball fan though, what's the name of your uh, crazy slugger that just came up from nowhere? He's like like twenty six, twenty seven years old. Where's this guy come from, and what's his story?
1: Daniel Vogelback.
2: Yeah, what's going on with him?
1: Somewhat of a uh, for a young man, journeyman. A lot of people wanted him off the team last year. Couldn't find a spot in the field. He was a platoon player, depending on who was pitching. Got an opportunity in spring training and just capitalized on it. What he's done so far this year, uh, you know, like he had a game, two home runs, six RBIs. Uh, he beat the White Sox himself, six to five, hander three days hander,
2: ago. Right? Left-hander. Yep.
1: This is not something that was projected or expected. It's uh, completely out of left field. Who have the Mariners played so far this year? I'm just curious. Well, the Kansas City Royals and their AA pitching staff. (laughs) Uh, Don't
0: they have Homer (laughs) Bailey? (laughs) Uh,
1: The uh, world champion Boston Red Sox. The Oakland Athletics in Japan, one of everybody else was playing spring training. Hey, 10% through the season, but guess what? They're 12-2. and two. See, that's Let why they have, got have the this. 10
0: wins already is
2: because they started playing in, like, February. Hey, but here's one thing about the Seattle Mariners that no one across the country knows. Did you realize that they had the best appetizer for ballpark food in the whole country? Do they have sushi? No, it's better than that. They do have sushi, though. you know what it is, Biggs? Grasshoppers. Grasshoppers? And, and the grasshoppers, they cannot keep in stock. Everyone buys them. They basically sell them until they sell out, and it's every game they sell out. It's a huge hit. You can't get grasshoppers anywhere but Seattle, baby.
0: No, you're not getting grasshoppers in Tampa,
2: are you? No, it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, but it's like it's it's the best freaking appetizer at a Major League Baseball stadium across the country. So if nothing else, take note of that. Get your grasshoppers. Biggs, have you had a grasshopper yet? Because you're a Mariners fan. Back to the Griffey days. Have you ate one yet?
1: I have not I'm waiting to get there in person and enjoy the would entire. You eat, experience. Would
2: you eat one? I can buy some on Amazon and ship them to you.
1: I'll eat seven
0: oh, no nice. seven why seven yeah.
1: <laughs> Seven's a good number.
0: It's just a random number I pulled out of my ass. Yeah.
1: Hey, here's the thing Seattle Mariners Trader Jerry Jerry Depoto as our general manager. I know it's only what not even ten percent into the season, but James Paxson's gone. Cano's gone Seeger is out injured. Uh, Nelson Cruz is playing for the Twins. To have this good of a start, best in franchise history with the team that we were looking at putting out on the field, the team, the way they're playing, hey, it's exciting. I'll enjoy it and see how that plays out.
2: How does this team of nobodies and misfit toys have a better start than a team with Randy Johnson, Jay Buhner, Edgar Martinez, and King Griffey Jr.? How does that happen?
0: I don't have an answer for that.
1: Oh, I uh, <laughs> not expecting that one. It's the outlet of
2: misfit toys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh,
2: moving on
0: because no one has a <laughs> realistic, logical answer for that. So, so for the most part, baseball's kind of gone the way it's thought. The Dodgers are. You all- want to talk
2: about your Rays? Uh,
0: my raise. Yeah. Uh, we'll get there. I was going to say, Dodgers are hitting the ball incredibly well. They're they're doing really good. You know, the Brewers have started off pretty good. We know we got them and the Cardinals in the NL Central. The uh, NL East, you know, it's still early. Bryce Harper seems to
2: be paying dividends for the Phillies so far. I will say this. The Phillies have kind of fell back after they swept us. Now we're tied for first with the Phillies uh, already.
0: But it's early. You know, there's a lot of stuff. Anybody that tries to make a prediction based off of the first seven days of Major League Baseball is, is smoking crack, exactly. as far as I'm concerned. Now, yeah. moving back to the AL East. So you kind of got two things going on. The Rays are on fire with yeah. with people nobody have ever heard of.
2: And the kids in Boston are starving. They're
0: terrible. <laughs> the Boston kids are starving. <laughs> there is a the best meme that we've put out all week is there was, was there yeah. was a there was a sign on the Red Sox bat backstop that said for every home run they feed some needy oh, children. Every
2: Red Sox win. Every Red Sox win,
0: they feed the hungry, right? Right. Well, those no, kids. Children eat free. Children eat free. They're starving. Yeah. <laughs> the Red Sox have won what? They've got up to four uh, wins no, now? No, they're three and nine. Three and nine. Not even four. So the Red Sox are terrible. The Yankees, I, I feel like half their team, especially their they're pitching, five and and, six. They're, they're all hurt. They're banged up. The Orioles are better than the Yankees you said earlier. Same record. So, I mean, that, that shows you a little bit over the A O E. So maybe the Rays can get a jump up on everybody. Ten and three. Hey, man, why not? Take
2: advantage while everybody's down. And then the, I, I'm telling you this, though. I don't know if they did open or not yet this year, but I like what Kevin Cash does as a manager because he seems like he does some good things. And I don't know if it's going to hold up for like second year in a row, but I like him as a manager a lot. Well, well, basically what we're looking at is
0: baseball season has started for those of you out there who aren't baseball fans. I feel like you're missing a pretty good start to the season. I mean, there's a lot of things going on. There's there's a lot of fun stuff happening out there. I'm a Reds fan and my team started with a win and they haven't won since until uh, yesterday. But the point is it's it's mid-April. You have 28 30 different franchises out there. They they're playing baseball. They're having fun. There's a there's 162 games. There's a long way to go. But you know what? It's never fun to climb out of a hole. And if you're the Red Sox right now, who are coming off a of World Series, you got to be stressing a little bit. You got to be wondering how you're doing. And if you're the Mariners out in the AL West, you got to be feeling pretty damn good because you know you got a solid division out there with the Astros playing too. So you're taking everything you can get. And, and you know, we've seen some fun things happen already. Mike Trout has been playing out of this world, but he, I guess he just recently hurt his groin. I don't know about that, but he's been killing the ball. So I guess he's day to day. I guess we're all day to day. He's Superman, man. He's not gonna be out very long. He—that's uh, probably true. Uh, we we did see uh, Ozuna from the uh, Cardinals make a wonderful off the wall, oh. not quite a catch
2: that he. Oh, but <laughs> he basically pulled his Willie Mays Hayes and then the ball fell on the warning track. I mean, before you get into that full detail there, and Biggie has something he's got to say here in a second. But if anybody hasn't seen the clip, please go to our page. Check out the uh, Azuna attempted catch with the Celine Dion, like, soundtrack. It's the best thing you're going to see all day. And all I got to say was I'm a center fielder by trade. You know, I I can tell you right now, I'm older than any player on the Braves' current team. I I could get a better read on the ball that he got on that play. It's like he, he was, like, going up to Rob a home run and it was way short, and he fell on his face and just, like, lay there like he was paralyzed. It was like
0: Willie Mays has gone wrong.
2: Even his own team was laughing at him as well as the Cubs or the Dodgers' bullpen. Oh, the bullpen was the best part. They were flipping out. They lost. And I don't blame him because this dude's making millions of dollars, and you can't even read a fly ball in left field. Left field's the easiest spot in freaking major leagues to read a fly ball, and if you can't do that, maybe you should just sit down and go back to AAA because that's the worst thing I've seen as far as defensive effort in a long time. I mean, basically
0: imagine yourself hanging on the wall, trying to rob the home run. And then all of a sudden you realize the balls are going to fall. I about mean, 15 feet I mean, short,
2: but Ke- chubby Kevin Mitchell ain't coming through that tunnel. Kevin
0: Mitchell's not walking through that tunnel. Come on. What do
1: you got? big? If he was, he would have barehanded. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> we're early into the season. So if you're a Red Sox fan, I wouldn't be too worried. Cause I'm a Mariners fan. And I'm growing. And I'm pretty sure that the season isn't going to finish the way it started. But what you guys are talking about was Azuna. Him trying to catch that ball in left field is like Chris Davis trying to hit a ball at the plate.
2: Uh,
0: amen, brother. Chris Davis o for forty seven. I think it's for forty nine now. Forty nine. I'm sorry. You know,
1: at least Azuna can laugh at it and be laughed at. They put Davis on suicide watch. Did
2: you see? Did you see the bus that they painted in Baltimore?
1: Uh, oh yeah, they city bus. His face. Hit they anybody? Painted his
2: face on the bus because they knew if they put Chris Davis on a city bus. That it would never hit anything. I but, mean, you said you were at work trying to
0: calculate how much money he made off a hit. You can't be going off this year.
2: No, we haven't even figured it up this year, obviously, because it hasn't happened, but it is I like will negative say
0: infinity. this.
2: Uh, if he gets a hit his next to bat, he's going to be batting 020. You think?
0: <laughs> how do you even figure that? Oh, 0.020. Correct. I don't know. You might, that might even be generous. I don't know. No, that's correct. I did the math. <laughs> So, if you are if you sign Nolan Arenado or Bryce Harper or Manny Machado, do
2: you think about Chris Davis when you sign those deals? Absolutely not, because Chris Davis was a home run hitter, all or nothing kind of guy. Those guys are good players. Now, Chris Davis, I don't know what the hell he is. I really don't. I don't know what Baltimore is thinking. And it's funny because every ALS team, makes fun of them for making that deal, but I, I just don't I don't know what he's gonna do. All he's, right, over under, is Chris
0: Davis going to have more strikeouts or total bases this year?
2: Nah, I'm gonna go strikeouts. <laughs> for sure. I mean think about this though. <laughs> Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray making that deal <laughs> where he's going to NFL, because he might be the number one pick, but like this deal is fully guaranteed. There's nothing the Orioles can do about it. So he's laughing all the way to the bank, no matter if he's over for 4 for the rest of his life. I don't think he's
0: laughing the whole way to the no, bank. you gotta be. There's gotta be a part of him that feels a you great think? amount of shame. You Absolutely. think? Absolutely. The competitor There's a bit left in there, there is. Look, if he's got any shred of dignity at all, I don't think he does. You're feeling some shame. You think he's only there for the
2: money? I do because you can't go 049. Because guess what? I would do I would drop a bunt down the third baseline because <laughs> you know they're freaking shifting <laughs> on him. If you ain't going to drop a bunt down, it's all for the money. What makes you think he can even put a bunt in play? I don't care. You got to try at this point. Well, he's trying to do everything he, he can. He didn't try to bunt once because <laughs> he can't even hit the ball when he swings. I'm just
0: I'm just saying, you can't completely hate on the guy. All here.
2: I'm saying is, is I got 12-year-old girls I'm coaching in softball, and I can teach them the bunt. You're telling me Chris Davis can't? Uh,
0: is that what you're paying them for? <laughs> I'm is not the paying them to crap.
2: Do? I'm paying them to get on base. Well, the Orioles are
0: paying them. Yeah. They're
2: paying them to jack 40 whole months a I year. ain't paying him to get on base. I'm just saying, you're going base or I'm going to bench you. He, you know what? What's his OPS right now? It's got to be
0: better than his batting Uh, average. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like 100?
2: (laughs) He's walked twice. (laughs) That's it. Uh,
1: That's
2: it. I don't know.
0: I'm just saying. You know, he's not a patient hitter. Look,
2: he's probably walked. That's probably being generous.
0: It's probably is being generous because he strikes out more I'll than I'll tell
2: you walks. what his OPS is. It's zero.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's got zero total bases. He, he got hit by a pitch twice. That's how he got on base. Yeah, that's it. My, my point is, uh, that's all I'm saying about Chris Davis. Dude wants to play well. I know he got paid. You can't get mad at him because Scott Boris is his agent. You know, Put gets, him in the Hall of Fame. I didn't say anything about that. <laughs> All right, right now. Yes. First ballot, baby. He's in there. No, I'm just saying that, you know, if you're out there making this type of money, I'm sure he feels an incredible amount of guilt. I hope he turns it around. The sad thing is he just ain't got it in him. I think he's done. I mean, but what are you going to do? You want to send him down to the minors and pay him $20 million a year to play for Freaking, you know, Saskatchewan
2: or wherever they send him. They're not going to send him to the minors. They're going to cut him probably by next year, and no one's going to pick him up. How
0: are you going to cut him if you're paying him all that money? You got cut your cord, man. Uh,
2: but still, it's just dead once money. Once again, he's laughing all the way to the bank.
0: Well, he might be. And congratulations, Chris Davis. You can retire a very rich man. But at the same time, you will go down in the annals of baseball history as being. Possibly the worst
2: contract of all time. I will say this: if you give me fifty at bats, I guarantee you I could put a button down and get one hit out of fifty at Let, bats right now. Quit trying to weasel your way into a hundred and fifty million dollars. I'm contract. just telling you because that pisses me off. Is he's making all this money? Mister Brown is on the market I'm, right now. Baltimore, Scott Morris, give us a call, please. <laughs> because I guarantee I'll get you one one damn hit. That's all we got. One, one damn hit. hit.
0: Even though it's spring and we have all kinds of fun baseball stuff to talk about, we know the NFL draft is just a couple weeks away, so I'm sure we can't you know, wait enough for that. But even with that being said, we have some off-season NFL drama going on. Mr. Brown being a Raiders fan. Antonio Brown, the other Mr. Brown, he can't keep his mouth shut. He just threw Juju Smith-Schuster under the bus
2: this week. I mean, here's where I'm at with it. Let let's let's worry about this year, okay? <laughs> Quit worrying about what happened with the Steelers. Let's move on. If you're really like serious about like playing for this year, who cares what happened with you and Juju? Because now Juju's the guy. You can still be the guy if you choose to be. So who cares? Let it go. Be a professional. You got your money. And as a Raiders fan, I want you just to say, I'm just focused on this year. But that's clearly not happening. So I'm scared to death because. Now we got freaking head case Antonio Brown, and I don't know what to expect from the guy.
0: Well, A B can't let it go. He He can't can't let it go.
2: And what's funny is
0: if you go back through social media, you can go find like these tweets and Facebook posts from Juju where, you know, when he was at USC, he's reaching out to A B asking for guidance, asking for help, all this type of stuff. But you know, that that's all in the past. What we're talking about now is, you know, A B comes out on Facebook and puts him on blast. Talking about how I'm not the one who fumbled away the the season, you know, like like Juju did, and and this has got to be just sour grapes at this point. Like, why even comment on something like that? At this point, why do you even care? You shouldn't.
2: You're on the freaking Raiders. He's on the Steelers. Even Le'Veon Bell came out of the woodworks and said, "Dude, get over it. We're not Steelers anymore. Just move on." Even he came out and said, "You gotta cool it." And if you pay attention to how Le'Veon has been since
0: he's been on the Jets, it, it, it's normal. It's what you should expect. And AB he hasn't said much. No, and AB being on the Raiders, like he still wants to throw shade on the Steelers. And like, look, I get it. You forced your way out. You wanted the trade. You wanted to get out of Dodge. All that kind of stuff. But man, like, why do you got to throw these guys under the bus? And then Juju responds, you know, talking about how like. You know, I only looked up to you as a mentor and things like that. And, and you know, the, you get these whole responses about keep your emotions off social media and stuff like that. But if you're a Raiders fan, you got to be worried about AB because here we are. You know, it, it it's only been a couple weeks and he cannot stay out of the headlines whatsoever.
2: I mean, clearly I'm a Raiders fan, and I'll say this: Juju is obviously taking the high road. So, I mean. He's saying all the things you want somebody to say. So, like, Juju's doing the right thing. A.B. needs to get his head out of his ass because he's got a football freaking season to play. And Juju is saying all the right things to be the number one. So, does A.B. really want to catch Jerry Rice and win some football games? Or does he just want to keep throwing shade at people? It's not even about being the number one. It's just about, can you just shut your mouth and just show
0: up? I agree. And play football. That's it. Like, who cares about Juju Smith-Schuster at this point? So let me let me ask you guys this. So, you know, we're talking about Antonio Brown. We we see where he's at, where his head's at. He can't he can't shake the past. He can't at all. I've been dying to ask you this question. And I, I will be more than happy to tell you how I feel on this situation. But while we've been off for the past two weeks, Mike McCarthy decided to have this whole interview with Bleacher Report come out about all the things that was going up in Packers land about how he, he and Aaron Rodgers don't get along him skipping, you know, team meetings to go get massages and Aaron Rodgers not being big enough of a leader and all those types of things. Was it a strip mall? It was not in a strip mall. He does not go to the same establishment as a Robert Kraft does. But the the point is that McCarthy and Rogers were so far apart. They were not even on the same page. What's going on with that Green Bay situation right now? Is Mike McCarthy speaking the truth? Is Aaron Rodgers culpable for any of this at all or is he innocent? What what's happening?
1: Like brother, there's smoke, there's fire. It may not be as bad as they want to make it out to be. They're trying to uh make a name, sell a story a little bit, but you know that some of that is true. Maybe not to that exact extent, but Rogers never getting over the fact that even though Mike McCarthy wasn't the head coach or the general manager in San Francisco, they took Alex Smith over him. He could never get past that, and he always held it against him. Oh, he called this play. What an idiot. Yep, see, I always knew he didn't know what he was doing. Aaron Rodgers sounds like a pretty petty guy for being as extremely talented as he is.
2: I mean, we, we we talk about Big Ben and all the drama he's caused, and it seems to me that like Aaron Rodgers is worse than Big Ben, so I guess Aaron's whole purpose here is to take the crown from the Steelers as the most petty team in the league and Kardashian-like. <laughs> I mean, that's where we're at. It's the Kardashians of the NFL is now the, 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 the Packers. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because that was the whole
0: point of where I was kind of going with this is you kind of have two – Hall of Fame quarterbacks out there. You have Roethlisberger and you have Aaron Rodgers. And it's funny when the AB and the Le'Veon Bell and all the former players come out, you have a certain connotation, a certain conversation that happens around Ben Roethlisberger. You have some people coming out telling him he's not a leader and stuff like that. Aaron Rodgers does the same thing, but yet the media will go to defend him because he's the golden child. But to me, and I know we're only hearing Mike McCarthy's story and you got some former players that come out like Greg Jennings and um, who was the tight end? I can't think of his name right now.
1: Michael Finley.
0: Yeah. Jermichael Finley, you know, who will do anything to get on TV or radio to say anything because he needs the money. But the the point is right now, the, the social culture out there about Ben Roethlisberger is that he might be the problem. But when we talk about Aaron Rodgers, Nobody wants to take that stance. They're like, no, he's fine. You guys are crazy. There's nothing wrong with he's Mr. Like the golden Erner. boy. Yes, he's the golden child. Yeah. Like, is there really that much of a difference between Roethlisberger and Rogers? And even if there is, is it really anything crazy? Because isn't that kind of what quarterbacks are? I mean, you want them to be a little bit of that. But but the thing that I just kind of settled on more than than anything else was that Rogers compared to Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger took all this grief, took all this strife about how he might be a bad team player. Where I saw Pittsburgh Steelers fans coming out, putting pictures online, showing him like doing handshakes with everybody, doing whatever they could to create a narrative about him being a good team player. But yet Aaron Rodgers is out there and like the bulk of the media and reporters out there are less likely to want to throw this guy under the
1: bus. What the hell's going on with this? He's so, he is so well like insulated and protected in Green Bay that even though this has come out, they're still not going to touch him. They don't want to go after him. He's a god there. He's like Brett Favre level. Doesn't how matter what. M- he how does. many Super Bowls has he won? Only one. But he won one. That's the thing with all the dysfunction between him and McCarthy, and from where it sounds, it goes back to when. Uh, he was first drafted. For them to have been as good as they were and won a Super Bowl is somewhat impressive. I will say that McCarthy getting massages instead of team meetings is probably the reason why he wasn't able to land a job uh, at the end of last season.
2: I mean, I'm I'm, going to say this about Rodgers. Everyone knows he's a um, quality quarterback. Big Ben's also a quality quarterback, but Rodgers hasn't stayed healthy the last few years, but for whatever reason, like you've talked about, Chad, uh, Rodgers gets his free pass from the media and from Green Bay Faithful there. It's like no matter what he does, it's gold, and he's won one championship. How many is big being one? Like two, right?
0: He's he's won two, but the, you know, one of the things that you look at at Pittsburgh is you will probably take a better look at the team. Because there's
2: better surroundings. Oh, it's,
0: it's the franchise. No, they that. do a better job with that. But, you know, if, if the quarterback's the leader of the team, aren't you part of bringing that stuff together? Not maybe with, like, Rodgers
2: in the media, it's like, if you want to crown him, then crown him! <laughs> That's how I feel with Rodgers. Relax. Yeah. R-E-L-A-X. <laughs> it's bad, though. Relax. I, I mean, why has Rodgers got this free pass? I mean, like, everyone wants to, like, put these, like, crazy numbers on what Rodgers is in, in terms of historical times. Best quarterback ever. Exactly, but. If he don't stay healthy and if he don't start producing, he's going to not be anywhere near what the projections were. Because at the end of the day, unfortunately, like Tom Brady, you have to produce. And Rodgers hasn't done that as far as overall expectation, in my opinion. One championship's yeah, he, not enough for him.
1: He set the ceiling high. He hasn't reached his expectations. His time's numbered. The way that he plays and his inability to stay healthy pretty soon, he's going to become almost an afterthought in that, oh, geez, he could have been great. Whereas people like to put him up on that mantle. He's this, he's that. Look at all these things he can do. Uh, The difference between him, that pettiness, his inability to win – and a guy like Tom Brady, who moves like a frickin' snail, is what makes the quarterback position great. There's just so much more that goes into it.
2: I mean, but like at this point, though, everyone wants to crown Aaron Rodgers. Me, as a casual NFL fan, I'm telling you right now, if, if he don't kick it into high gear and do something better than what he's already done, you give me Brett Favre all day long because I would take Brett Favre over this guy because... This guy hasn't done anything more than Brett Favre. Well, I mean, he said
0: it, what do you want a crowning for? Even beyond that, like we're having a conversation about Roethlisberger versus Rodgers while they're look differently, right? Like if this if this goes down the way it is right now, like I think a lot of people look at Roethlisberger as being a better, better overall quarterback than Rogers is,
2: unless Rogers finds a way to kick it up a notch. Because, because I mean, to me, right now, I go with Roethlisberger. I mean,
0: at least he's you know still going to the playoffs, where Rogers is, you know, muddling around in mediocrity, you know, winning right. five, six, seven games a year.
2: I mean, if he's done though, I mean, what really kind of career are we looking at here?
1: what I heard in an interview on, I believe it was Colin Cowherd. They were on there saying that uh, they look statistically at throwaways, and he led the league in throwaways on non-audible plays from scrimmage uh, over the last two years that he was healthy so basically he would go into the play oh this is a bad call and i'll throw it away this play isn't even worth running i think the one thing that i'll say for rogers i think that a lot of it is true the pettiness the snarkiness uh for it to say that he wanted to get mccarthy fired that's like saying going into this last season he signed that big extension and he knew, geez, if I come out and play well and we win, I'm stuck with this guy. But oh, that's okay. I'll sign the contract and spend my rest of career here, possibly with this coach.
0: I mean, it's just one of the situations where the players are getting you know way too big with these contracts. With the amount of stroke they have, the amount of power they have, it just drives me crazy. And look, I'm not a Mike McCarthy fan. I think he's a terrible coach. I think he could have done a better job. But now that all this stuff has come out after the fact, it's just kind of you know shone, shined a beacon even brighter on all the problems that the Packers organization has had. And again, like like I said, I just don't understand why everybody wants to crucify somebody like Roethlisberger, but Rogers is considered the golden child. And McCarthy even tried to get him to talk to his mom, and he wouldn't even do that.
1: Yeah, I think when you add in his family issues on top of it. It just paints a really bad picture for Rodgers. But the reason that Roethlisberger gets hammered so much harder is when you have all those drama queens on one team, it's like a constant spec spectacle and big Ben's supposed to rein in Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and that sort of thing. Whereas in green Bay, you heard some grumblings of it, but other than Rodgers, who is a big star, nobody. So he kind of gets a bit of a pass from, his teammates, and the media until a story like this comes out.
2: Well, I think the moral of the story is they're, they're both quarterbacks. Let's quit giving one a free pass. Let's quit uh, glorifying the other one. They both let the freaking success go to their heads, and they're they're, they're all batshit crazy. I mean, let's be real. They're quarterbacks. <laughs> they're not thinking clearly, and they feel like they're like gods in their franchises and their cities. So let's, let's just either judge them fairly together or crucify them. You know, fairly together. So quit giving one a free pass and not the other. You you blame it on CTE. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, I do.
0: We had some breaking news that came out earlier this week. Magic Johnson decided to step down from the Director of Player Operations for the Los Angeles Lakers. I think i know exactly why he decided to do that but i'd love to hear what your all's thoughts are
1: i feel like he had uh hiv since the early 90s <laughs> and he'd rather live with that than lebron james
2: <laughs> oh. 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 I-, I will say this okay I, I, I've i heard rumors that Jeannie Buss gave him the, gave him the full reins to fire Luke Walton, and that's one uh, decision she gave him. But she said she gave him full reins to do anything. But I feel like it's gotten bigger than magic now at this point with LeBron in there, and I feel like he knows this, and he'd rather just do magic kind of things and maybe focus more on the Dodgers. I don't know. But he felt like he talked about, like, how – athletes come to him and say they want to be mentored and he can't do that now because it's considered tampering sometimes. And he'd rather just be able to like freely talk to athletes and live his life, you know, the magic way. And he can't do that right now, but I feel like there's more to LeBron here than he's letting on my opinion. What's complicated things is the fact
0: that you have LeBron James there. And let's be honest. LeBron James is essentially the general manager. He has been to the last couple of teams. Everywhere
2: he goes. He has been.
0: And has not been ultra successful, mind you. No, true. he's not. But I think I think ultimately Irvin Magic Johnson decided that this isn't really what he signed up for. So, yeah, Jeannie Buss might have given him carte blanche control or whatever you may say. And that might have been before. That might have been how he got LeBron to come to L.A. Now that LeBron's there... And he wants to do things a certain way and he wants to build the team a certain way. Maybe Magic doesn't see eye to eye with that. And I think anybody that didn't see this coming a mile away has not been paying attention because, you know, this this is a disaster waiting to happen. It's only going to work if LeBron gets it to work the way he wants to because that's how he operates. He brings in the players he wants to. He plays for the coaches he wants to. We've seen him have a coach change in the middle of the season and still make it to the NBA Finals. Take it, that was in the Eastern Conference of the Cavs. And the Lakers in the West is a different ball game. Ca- but but uh, let's be real, here, real quick.
2: LeBron's having a hard time getting uh, fellow NBA players to even come with him to uh, the set of uh, Space Jam 2.
0: That, that is correct. This is not Uncle Drew. <laughs> correct. He's not getting the same ensemble cast. they are turning I, him down. I, I think at the end of the day, when, when talking about Magic Johnson, he's looking at the situation and he's just saying, this isn't what I signed up for. You know, I wanted to be the guy to help run the show in L.A. I'm not. You've brought in a player that's going to tell me how to do my job, and that's not really what I want to do. And honestly, I have enough other business ventures I can go do and not worry about your stupid thing with the Lakers, and I'll just go do me. He genuinely
2: you. didn't seem to care. I mean, he really didn't. He's like, if, I'm going to go do my thing. If anything, he seemed relieved. He did. You're right. I mean, think about this with LeBron every step of the way. You talk about the Cavs the first time, then Miami, then back to the Cavs, now, back, now to the Lakers. LeBron has basically handpicked his head coach. There's never been a crazy authoritative figure other than Pat Riley. But, you know, Pat Riley's like, you know, he's gonna say, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. He also had Dwayne Wade there too, and Shaq at a certain point. But my point is, as LeBron picks his head coaches, and he's never had a head coach that was like the guy that was like I call the shots like a pop or like a Phil Jackson or anybody like that. It's always been like a passive coach. It's like kinda of like like just taking over and, like, letting LeBron call the shots. I want to hit one thing before we go. Biggie,
0: WrestleMania, how'd you feel about the show?
1: Uh, I was good with it. It's too long. Seven seven than- Seven
0: and a half hours of wrestling.
1: I just wish that... it wasn't so much trying to get everybody in appearance and get them paid and they could concentrate a little bit more on six or seven killer matches instead of spreading it out. How many matches ended up being 12, Jeff? 15. 15. That just spread it too thin. I I, I like some of the things they did. Like I'd like to have seen Lesnar and Rollins work a little more, but flipping that to the front started with a bang. It was, it was different.
0: I have no problem with them opening the show, but the fact that the main event didn't go on until, you know, after midnight, that's just too much.
1: Yeah. And then you botched the ending.
0: I, I did see Hogan call the, uh, the MetLife place. Is that what he called it?
1: He called it the MetLife center.
0: MetLife center. That's what it was. He can't even get the name right.
2: That's not the first. It's time. funny. Cause well, he came
1: out. He came out making fun of himself for when they were in New Orleans, the and he was Silver calling Dome. it. The Silver Dome.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so his first words were, we are in the Silver Dome. And then he looks around, and then he says the name of the stadium wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the MetLife, MetLife Center.
0: Because uh, he's old. He don't know yeah. what he's doing. He didn't take his vitamins, brother. Uh you know Brutus the Barber Beefcake got inducted into the Hall of Fame Mr Brown I saw that uh, I think you probably more associate with him as being the disciple
2: yes that's correct yeah
0: that is what you're more fond of right yep. yeah he never did anything he yep. just stood out there yeah. wearing the NWO gear yep. with the beard that's right that was that was his gimmick yep. i'm never going to wrestle yeah I, <laughs> I liked it all right on a scale of 1 to 10 bigs what do you give wrestlemania I would give it about a seven and a half. Uh, I am I'm going to lower. I'll give it a seven. I'm I'm good there. But overall, pretty solid show. Even if it was seven and a half hours long. It's WrestleMania, man. You gotta shoot higher than that. Ah, uh, you should. But I really feel bad for the fans who stayed in New York City and it took them till four in the morning to get home. That sucks.
2: Yeah, I mean, to me, it's WrestleMania, man. You gotta shoot for the stars. Yeah, you like, those do. Those fans that are there should feel like I don't care that I'm going home at four in the morning, I, and you know they was like, "This is a waste." Well, it'd be fine if you didn't show up at noon, you know, to uh, get there. <laughs> uh, to me, WrestleMania is a whole other spectacle, and I feel like that should be a nine minimum. It,
0: it really is, but can you name another sporting event or anything close to that where you have to watch something for seven and a half hours?
2: No, absolutely there, not. There's
0: nothing else on NFL the NFL draft. <laughs> but they even got smart and started bringing that on over like 19 days now. Yeah. They can't even yeah, handle you're that. Right. You're right. <laughs> anyway, WrestleMania season's over. You know, it's pretty much baseball, NFL draft, and then uh, NBA
2: playoffs. NBA Don't sell us short because I'm going to show my bucks coming to the finals and preview you jackasses role. The Bucks The Bucs are not going to Watch and see.